Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hunger for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. This podcast is sponsored by Kapili Solar Roofing, building peace of mind one roof at a time. Kids City Adventure, Hawaii's only indoor luxury playground. And Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. Aloha and good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Dylan and Mark in the H&N Digital Center. We want to begin today with some severe weather that's coming into the state. For more on this, we're going to turn it over to our Jennifer Robbins. That's right, Dylan. Things are really going to get busy the next couple of days, especially for the eastern end of the state. And that's why we're officially declaring a first alert weather day for Thursday and now even Friday. We're talking about Thursday afternoon. This is going to kick in the most significant weather on Hawaii Island and Maui County. And the timeline will be Hawaii Island Thursday after two o'clock. And things get really interesting during the five and six o'clock hour through the overnight hours over the far eastern end of the state and then it's going to move west over probably into Maui County on Friday. Heavy rates of one to two inches per hour. Thunderstorms a big concern and it looks like we'll have the right ingredients for some severe thunderstorms to develop potentially over the state and snow on the summits as well. As we take a closer look at this first alert weather day for Thursday, initially we've been seeing thunderstorms the last couple of days over Hawaii Island. So the concern has been the already saturated grounds there. So things start to deteriorate there Thursday afternoon into the Friday evening um, hours. And then for the rest of us, we'll start seeing more rain on the way for Friday. But adding into the first day, first alert weather day will be Maui County on Friday because of the potential of heavy rain there. I don't normally show this map all the time, but it shows us the upper atmosphere and Kona lows are a different beast when it comes to storms. Usually when we have a storm system, a front, it comes in from the west and drops in from the Pacific Ocean from west to east and slides down the island chain. This one is cut off from the jet stream, so the steering winds are going to have this system just meander ever so slowly close to the islands. Notice it initially starts to the north of us, but as the center of this low pressure system then goes to the south and dives in, that puts the placement of Hawaii Island and Maui County under the most unstable conditions. And it's when the axis of this disturbance moves to our south, and that's going to open up gates to deep tropical moisture and create instability. You kind of think of it of a conveyor belt or a river of deep tropical moisture that's directed over Maui County and Hawaii Island for Thursday and Friday. The rest of the island chain will see some heavy pockets of rain too. Not as much rain because the severity is going to be focused over the far eastern end of the state with the placement of this Kona low. And notice nine o'clock on Friday, it's still just offshore, meandering slowly and it slowly peels away. So we're going to have several days of heavy downpours depending on the position of this Kona low. And that's why we'll have to look at the science of the upper 
atmosphere to determine what's happening at sea level. But let's take a closer look at what's happening at sea level. Your island by island future cast shows that very well. Here we are, 9 o'clock on Thursday. Pretty quiet start to the day. This is probably when you uh, folks on Hawaii Island could do some storm prepping, um, um, talk about what's going to be happening. I know parts of the island could be flooded out, so that's why you'll probably have to do some of the shopping, be prepared, and notice the heaviest of the showers are going to be offshore. And then Thursday at 3.30, we'll start seeing that hit Kau and maybe Hilo getting a little bit wet, maybe Kona seeing some wet conditions there, but really it's that southeast shore that's going to be seeing the brunt of the heaviest of the showers. And then when it's anchored to the mountains over Mauna Loa, that's when thunderstorms could fire up, and that's where we have that winter weather advisory. And this is going to be a lower snow event. We're talking about elevations dropping to 10,000 feet, which is incredible, and that could bring us lots of snow, and we're talking about maybe up to even a foot of snow. On top of that, maybe up to a foot of rain closer to sea level. So we have a lot of elements. Thursday evening, really busy. Most of the heaviest stuff is still offshore, but you can see as it gets caught up and anchors itself to the mountains, that's going to be a concern. We're seeing some heavy rain near South Point offshore on Friday, according to this one weather model, and then it plows on over 830 as that low pressure system. I showed you the upper level low pressure system pivots a little more towards the south. That's when we're really going to be seeing things deteriorate Friday morning for Hawaii Island. We'll start seeing that over windward Maui as well. And then you can see for the rest of us some light showers Friday at 1230. Some of the heaviest of the showers will just be south of us. And depending on the position and axis of that low pressure system, as it pivots a little farther south of the island chain, will kick up the moisture over the eastern end of the state with those south winds. And we're talking about powerful upper level winds as well. So on the summits itself, we could see winds up to 70 miles per hour over Mauna Kea, Mauna Loa, maybe even stronger than that. And then even on Maui, the house of the sun, Haleakala could see some snow as well, especially probably Friday night into Saturday. So very interesting weather. Uh, focus will be Maui County and Hawaii Island to begin with. And that's where our first alert weather days will be Thursday afternoon into Friday. Friday, the most significant weather over the eastern end of the state. And then we'll have to wait and see as this comes together what's going to happen for Saturday. But a lot to dive into. These upper level systems with Kona Lows are very complex systems and they could bring a whole lot of rain uh, day after day as well. Taking a closer look, here's Friday at 9 o'clock. How much rain can we get? Up to 12 inches of possibility. So a foot of rain and then notice Maui still a whole lot of rain there. We're going to be seeing some of this caught up over the mountains as well. Molokai about 5 to 6 inches of rain. You can see even Lanai gets in on the action and then the farther west you go, less rainfall totals for now, but it all depends on the position of that Kona low. So a lot of science behind this. Uh, we have to dive into what's happening in the upper level dynamics to really determine what kind of weather we're getting. Right now, though, some north winds for half of the state. So it was nice and refreshing this morning to wake up to those temperatures in the 60s. We'll see fast moving showers and then we're seeing clearing skies over Maui County. A break for Hawaii Island. Yesterday they had some thunderstorms, so it's nice to have that break. But today into the next couple of days, you should be prepared over Hawaii Island, especially with a foot of rain coming your way. Maui County, the same too. A lot of rain, and you know with those flood-prone areas, it's really hard to get to place to place from point A to point B. And the power of water is incredible. Do not drink.
drive over running water. So that is a huge concern. So initially this low pressure system starts to the north of us as it arounds the bend and then dives to the south. That's when this plume of moisture, this deep tropical moisture will be tapped into that for the far eastern end of the state. So we will be watching the dynamics the next couple of days. Uh, today, though, we're talking about pop up storms, a cool start with those north winds, snow on the summits, like I was talking about, starting off at higher elevation, then dropping to 10,000 feet, very strong Kona winds on the mountaintops, and heavy rain now with first alert weather days for Thursday and Friday for Maui County and Hawaii Island. So as we march on through the seven day forecast, today we'll be seeing pretty mellow weather, but some passing showers, some heavy pockets, and then first alerts we're talking about uh, declaring for Thursday into Friday with all of these ingredients coming together, especially for the eastern end of the state. And that doesn't start until two o'clock in the afternoon for Thursday. So keep that in mind. Thursday morning is going to be fairly quiet for you over Hawaii Island, so time to prepare. And then Friday, that's when things really take a turn. And then Saturday, some lingering moisture. And depending on how this moisture holds together will depend on um, how the weather will be over the western end of the state. So Kauai, you'll probably get about two to three inches of rain over the North Shore, the Waianae Range, and also over the Ko'olau Mountains will get the most rain as well, maybe about three inches. But Hawaii Island and Maui up to about six to even 12 inches of rain after this is all said and done. And things are still unstable into the following week. So make sure to download our Weather Now app much Jen for the in-depth forecast on that a lot to keep an eye on and we'll have more first alert updates as the week progresses and much more from Jen on Hawaii News Now first at four. In our other top story a 17 year old girl is dead following an early morning hit and run on Kapi'olani Boulevard. Now police say she was apparently walking to school with another girl both in a marked crosswalk when they were struck. She was taken to the hospital in critical condition where she later died. The other victim also 17 years old is in stable condition. Kapi'olani Boulevard was shut down in both directions between Ward Avenue and Kamake'e Street. Police say they recovered the vehicle involved in the crash, a silver pickup truck, but no arrests have been made. Let's hear from HPD. Two juvenile pedestrians were crossing Kapi'olani Boulevard in a marked crosswalk when they were struck by a silver pickup truck that had the right of, and that they, the pedestrians, had the right of way. After the collision, the pickup truck fled the scene without rendering aid. The unknown murders has yet to be identified. The motorist then fled the scene of the collision and was last seen traveling westbound on Kapilani Boulevard. The pickup truck was later located and taken into HPD custody as evidence. As a result of the collision, the juveniles were taken to an area hospital one was taken in critical condition and sadly um, later died. The other juvenile is listed in good condition. If you have any information related to the case, contact the HPD Traffic Division. A 31-year-old moped rider remains in critical condition following a crash in Kalihi. It happened just after 4 p.m. yesterday by Palanehe Place. Police say he was speeding when he crashed into an SUV attempting to turn into a residence. He was also not wearing a helmet. The driver of the SUV was not injured. It was unknown if drugs or alcohol were factors. 
and an investigation is ongoing. Now to COVID numbers. The State Department of Health reported 17 deaths in the past seven days. This brings the state's COVID death toll to 1,822. 619 new coronavirus infections were also reported. However, this number does not include positive at-home tests, meaning the real number is likely higher. The Michigan State University community is still in shock from a recent shooting that killed three people and injured several more. And today we're learning new details about the victims as a vigil is being planned in their honor. Erica Moke reports from East Lansing. Think of all the classrooms that sit down just like this. Michigan State students staged a sit-in protest at the state capitol in Lansing, calling for stricter gun laws following Monday night's mass shooting on campus. Among the speakers, a freshman who also survived a deadly shooting at her high school in Oxford, Michigan last year. Today I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted that I know when it's coming. Exhausted I have, I am once again asking our legislators to put our lives first. At The Rock, a popular gathering spot, students spray painted the words to those we lost, to those healing, Brian, Ariel, Alexandria. This new message with the names of the three students killed came after someone painted over how many more with a pro-guns message overnight. We need a message that's healing right now, not trying to force others to grieve in your way. The FBI is here at the Student Union Building to help students and staff get the stuff that they left behind when they ran for their lives. You hear sirens and you just hear popping noises. Junior Elliot Bryant hid under the bed when the alert went out that there was a shooter on campus. I think the worst part is making sure you said goodbye to everyone. According to law enforcement, the 43-year-old gunman who lived in Lansing had no ties to MSU. Neighbors say they regularly heard him firing a weapon in his backyard. He's always popping off some rounds. Pop, 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 pop. Police are expected to give an update on the investigation Thursday as the Michigan State community continues to mourn. Erica Moke, CBS News, East Lansing, Michigan. We love our kids. We never go in no neighborhood to take people out. Heated moments in a New York courtroom today as the man who killed 10 black people at a Buffalo supermarket learned his sentence. Peyton Gendron will be spending life in prison without the possibility of parole. At today's hearing, he heard testimony from relatives of the victims, and at one point, security had to hold back a man who charged at him. Gendron also faces federal charges, which could result in the death penalty. Well, 12 days after the train derailment in Ohio and subsequent release of toxic fumes, residents remain skeptical that it's safe to return home. Some are reporting respiratory issues and burning eyes, and there's also reports of dead wildlife in the Ohio River. Lilia Luciano has the latest developments. Um, I would be alert and, and concerned, but uh, I think I would probably be back in my house. That was Ohio Governor Mike DeWine's answer when he was asked whether he would move back home if he lived in East Palestine, Ohio, though he did offer caveats. I think that I would be drinking the bottled water. There have been numerous reports in recent days of respiratory issues, burning eyes and dead wildlife, including at least 3,500 confirmed dead fish killed by contamination. We don't have any evidence of um, non-aquatic species suffering from the derailment. Five of the train cars were carrying vinyl chloride, a highly combustible chemical linked to a higher risk of some kinds of cancers. Crews conducted a controlled release of the carcinogen to reduce the risk of an explosion.
when you have combustion or burning, you create all sorts of different byproducts. It's important to understand to cast a wide net when you're testing because you want to narrow out and rule out chemicals that could pose an acute health risk or linger around. The governor and other officials lifted the town's evacuation order a week ago after health officials said air quality was back to acceptable levels and the city's main water supply, they said, was safe. Two days after the evacuation order was lifted, the EPA said three additional hazardous chemicals were found on the derailed train cars. This train apparently was not considered a high hazardous material train. Yesterday, Governor DeWine revealed that since only 20 of the 150 cars contained hazardous materials, the company, citing federal law, was not required to notify the state of Ohio that the train had toxic chemicals on board. Uh, frankly, uh, if this is true, and I'm told it's true, uh, this is absurd. Lilia Luciano, CBS News. Former University of Hawaii head football coach Greg McMacken has died. His family announced the news late yesterday afternoon on social media. McMacken took over the program following June Jones's sudden departure after the 2007 undefeated season. Coach Mack led the Bows for four years, going 29-25 in that time, taking the program to two bowl appearances. Prior to that, a very successful run as defensive coordinator, including that perfect regular season in 07 and 1999 when UH pulled off the greatest turnaround in the sport's history, winning a conference title after the team went 0-12. He passed away peacefully, surrounded by family and friends. He was 77 years old. Now, last night, our very own Allison Blair aired a report about the Waikiki Safe and Sound program, which was started back in September. I want to bring her into the Digital Center now to talk a little bit more about this. Allison, the program was introduced several months ago, and now some critics are calling out some flaws. Yeah, Dylan, the way the program was set up is there are no immediate consequences for banned offenders who are caught returning to Waikiki. Now, that's because HPD just can't arrest violators. This is the way the program works now. After a judge orders a geographic restriction, it can take weeks before it's uploaded into HPD's system. Even after police have that information, officers simply can't arrest a violator who they encounter. Instead, they make a report and send it back to the prosecutor. A judge then has to issue a warrant and send it back to HPD. That's when officers can take action using this specific measure. Obviously, if the person is caught committing a crime, police can arrest the suspect for that crime. Now, that kind of sounds like a complicated process there, and it sounds like there's no immediate consequences. So what can police actually do in the moment? You know, HPD tells me that they could tell the offender to leave, that they're not supposed to be there. And then again, they do make that report that they send over to the prosecutor's office. Got it. Tell us a little bit about some of the people who are facing the geographical restriction and being ordered to stay out of Waikiki. What kind of crimes are they committing? According to the prosecutor's office, judges issued geographical restrictions to these 36 people between September 6th and mid-January. Many are no stranger to law enforcement. Court documents show the majority of stay-away orders were issued for crimes like theft, assault, criminal trespassing, and harassment. 
Some of those suspects have more than one stay-away order. I can tell you over the past three weeks, the program seems to be picking up steam. Judges issued geographic restrictions for at least 30 additional people, bringing the total to about 70. Now, we've confirmed at least 25% or about 18 offenders have been caught returning to Waikiki. We asked the prosecutor's office how many people total have been arrested for ignoring their stay-away order since the program launched five months ago. Officials say there have been at least two arrests. There's probably been a few more than that, but records don't seem to be very organized. Well, it sounds like there definitely are some things that still need to be worked out with this program. Looking forward in terms of improvements or anything in general that you mentioned, what can we expect going forward? You know, Dylan, that's still to be determined. Got it. Allison, thank you so much for joining us here today on This Is Now. A Senate panel voted not to recommend Ikaika Anderson's nomination to lead the Department of Hawaiian Homelands. The vote was 4-1, to one, and the Senate Hawaiian Affairs Committee met for five hours Tuesday. Anderson's critics say he and the Green administration are trying to make changes in the $600 million plan to build more homes for Native Hawaiians. But Anderson said he's staying the course. I am committed to implementing the strategic plan submitted to you in December and relying on that plan as a foundation. To date, I have signed documents that will encumber more than $22 million by the end of this month for projects directly from that plan. And I can appreciate that you were only brought on board two months ago. But since that point, the situation has grown more confusing. Former DHHL Chair William Ayla testified against Anderson, and former Governors Neil Abercrombie and John Waihe'e were in support. Governor Josh Green says criticism against Anderson has been unfair and is scheduled to address the Senate's recommendation later today. We're going to give you guys a live look outside right now at the weather. It is a beautiful day here on Oahu, but once again, Things could be changing very, very soon, so be sure to keep your H&N digital platforms handy. Yeah, a lot, a lot to break down over the next couple of days, especially over the Big Island. Yeah, but really quickly, we want to get to some good news of the day here. You know, Mark, a few years ago, our other anchor friends there had some fun with some Valentine's Day pickup lines, and now Steph's was an instant classic, of yeah, course. Yeah, Steph's was hilarious, uh, as was Kiahi Tucker's. Uh, he, he made a reference to the model of Hawaiian host. Well, there is an update to that story. So, so tick, what you doing after this? Get chance. You may recall Steph nailed her pickup line, then I was like, uh-oh, so I tried this. Oh, honey girl, so sweet. <laughs> You're the girl from the macadamia box. You know, that girl, the iconic island beauty. Turns out she lives in Kaimuki. I was like, I'm that girl, that's me. Hey. She's Kavehi Kamakele. Born and raised in Hawaii, a wife and mother of four. Ten years ago, she won a Hawaiian host contest to be their cover girl. There was a few times where people were looking at me funny. She got used to it. Then, one night... You're the girl from the macadamia box. I was watching the news and and your pickup line was just so funny. I was just cracking up. My husband was laughing. And then, of course, I get all these text messages. The pickup line went viral. I like the honey girl in the beginning. Pretty smooth. Oh, honey girl. So sweet. <laughs> You're the girl from the macadamia box. <laughs> Did you catch that? It's even on a new Valentine's Day card from Kolohe Boys. 
Yes, your pickup line is famous. It's on the cards of um, Valentine's Day cards. It's as a meme now. I think it's caught on because people relate to that classic local girl with a mix of ethnicities seeming to represent all of us. In Kavehi's case, Hawaiian, Filipino, German, Irish, Dutch, Norwegian, and Portuguese. No wonder she also models for Hawaiian Airlines, where she works as a flight attendant. And get this, serves Hawaiian host chocolates. They look at the chocolate box, they look at me, they look at the box, they look at me. Through it all, it's not the fame that fulfills Kavehi. It's connecting with people. My family and friends are like, that's my cousin. That's my niece. That's my sister. And everybody in my family and my friends are just so supportive of me and so happy for me. And I think that's the best thing that came out of it. Turns out she's really modeling aloha. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on This Is Now Today. Mark is back first at four on KHNL. This podcast is sponsored by Kapili Solar Roofing, building peace of mind one roof at a time. Kids City Adventure, Hawaii's only indoor luxury playground. And Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha.